Welcome to Moments in Truth. I'm your host, G.T. Stikes. The purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. And we have nearly finished with our series on the life of Christ. Our next episode will be the last one. Now, today we are going to be in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me over there. Otherwise, just listen along. Now, we know that Jesus came to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. But that is not the only reason that he came. Otherwise, why not just come as a man directly instead of facing life for 33 years on the earth? I mean, think about all the hardships he could have bypassed. You know, just come as a man and go directly to the cross. Now, Jesus' intention is exposed through the Gospels. He did not just come to go to the cross. I mean, that was an important event in time. But living like God when many others around him were choosing not to is a help and inspiration to us today. You know, Jesus as a man suffered the same temptations that we face today. And as a man, he overcame them with the same power that we have at our disposal through him. Now, Jesus gives us the power to overcome major life obstacles through his strength. Jesus gives us the wisdom to recognize what is a temptation from the devil versus the directing of the Holy Spirit. And by his strength, we are able to overcome such temptations. Now, Jesus gives us the confidence to face life, the strength to stand when others fall, and the courage to push forward. Jesus also gives us peace in the middle of our spiritual battles. When we place our trust in him, he rewards us with peace. Now, remember that as we learn from Christ, we are not to simply take the information and record it as historical fact. But we are to learn from our Savior and apply his teaching to our own lives so that we may see change and spiritual growth in our lives. If we want to be more like Christ, we have to make the sacrifices necessary in order to really learn from him. And this podcast is a great opportunity for you to record and learn these truths. Now, again, we're in Mark chapter two, and let me give you a little synopsis so we can cut right into the heart of the matter. And Jesus teaches us a very important principle in this short section of verses. In fact, it's a principle that is often disregarded. It was argued over back in Jesus' day, especially with the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. And it's a principle that many religions and even Christians argue over today. Now remember, in Jesus' day, you had the Sanhedrin, the scribes, and the Pharisees. And they were the governing law over the Jewish people. Now, We see, especially with the Pharisees, that they enjoyed their power over the people. And they did not want any attention turned to Christ. In fact, most of them wanted Jesus out of the picture because he was bad for their business. So they watched him, sometimes following him all over to lay any kind of accusation against him to make others hate him and to draw people's allegiance to themselves. Well, look with me at Mark chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 23. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and this is Jesus, with his disciples. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Now, 
What was unlawful? Well, to the Pharisees, anything that constituted any kind of work on the Sabbath day was considered unlawful, you know, whether it was part of the law or not. Now, the idea that Jesus and his disciples were walking through a grain field, picking off the nuggets of grain, was like the action of work. However, this was actually allowed according to the law. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 24 and 25, I invite you to look at that text later and verify it yourself. But we see the law in relation to the farmer and to the traveler that was making his way through the farmer's field. God made a way for them both to be cared for. Now, how does Jesus respond? Look with me at verse 25. Jesus says, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who are with him? And Jesus points to an event that all Jews would know from their own history, and this includes the Pharisees. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, David has not been pronounced as king officially because Saul has not given up the throne, even though David has been anointed. And if you know your Old Testament history, David is fleeing for his life, living in the mountains and in caves because Saul continues to hunt David down to kill him out of a jealous rage. Well, David comes to the priest and asks for bread. And the priest tells him that there is only holy bread available. Now, this is the bread that is set aside for the priest and his family. And yet David still asks for that bread to feed himself and his men. Now, God never judges or punishes David for eating this holy bread. Instead, God allowed it to be a provision for David and his men since Israel was not obeying as they should. You know, David was king and yet he was treated as a commoner. Now think about David's plight in association with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus is anointed as king. He has been set in place as king over all Israel by God. He is the Messiah. And yet Israel was not obeying as they should. They tried to kill him instead of honoring him. The Pharisees should not be following Jesus and attacking him. They should be providing for him and his disciples so they are not seeking to scrounge up what food that they can. Well, let's continue here in verse 27 to see what Jesus says. And Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Now think about this verse for a moment, and I'll offer some other ways of thinking of it. One commentator put it this way. He said, The Sabbath was instituted by God for man's benefit and not for his bondage. Now, God gave man the Sabbath in order for man to have a day of physical and spiritual refreshment and encouragement and renewal. Now, the Sabbath was not meant to have such strict laws that made it a day of drudgery. You know, it should be a day of peace and refreshment, a day that we receive blessings from God's word, connect in fellowship with other believers, and renew our relationship with the Lord. Now, this is a day that the believer should be looking forward to, not dreading. And Jesus refers to himself as a son of man, and you will find that he uses that title as a reference for himself many times in the gospel books. And he identifies that he is Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, he is king of of the Sabbath, which means that he has every right to show us by example for what is good to do on the Lord's day. 
Now we're going to stop here for today, but in the next episode, we are going to finish this event in Mark chapter three. So what are our takeaways for today? Well, there are those who argue that no work should be performed on the Lord's day, the day that Christians use as the day to worship the Lord. But there must be some work that is done on this day. For our first responders, we expect them to still come and help when help is needed. Nurses and doctors are still expected to take care of their patients through the days of worship. Like the Pharisees, we could list every single item that is allowed and is not allowed, how far you are allowed to travel, and a whole list of what constitutes work and what doesn't. But I think a much better idea is to consider the examples that Jesus gave us today, as well as other principles from Scripture. Now, we will likely bring this back up in the future and look at this deeper, but for today, let us consider one point of application that can be observed from the text, and tomorrow we'll consider two more. So our application today is, how do you make your day of worship important? Now, I want you to think about that. If we are setting aside one day to worship the Lord per week, how do we make that day all about God? Now, we'll leave it there for now and pick this back up in our next episode. And if you'd like a verse to meditate on today, consider Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 1, which says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Now let me pray for you today. Lord and Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners today, Lord God. I pray that as they're going through their week and looking forward to what is to come, I pray, Lord, that they would be excited about their day of worship. I pray, Lord, that they would make that day important I pray that they would set aside what other things that we use to keep ourselves busy or as we're thinking about the week to come, help us to set those things aside and give an important amount of time focused on you. I pray, Lord, that our days of worship would be days of worship, that they are days that we don't get distracted thinking about other things or letting our mind shift out of thinking and worshiping on you, Lord, but let us worship you and be focused on you. Lord, we thank you for the examples in Scripture that you provide for us to show us what you not only you did, but what you said and how you followed through with things. Lord God, these are great examples to us. Let us be people of the word so that we can draw back to your word when we're thinking to ourselves, how should we do this or how should we do that? Let us be people that go back to your word and study to find out exactly how to do that. I pray, Lord, that you would help us in our focus day. Give us encouragement and strength as we face the battles in front of us. Let us not fall, but instead, Lord, help us to push forward, knowing that you're giving us the strength to do so. In your name, I pray these things. Amen. Well, do you have a church that you worship at regularly? If you live in Campbell, California, and you don't have a place to worship, I would like to invite you to come out to Campbell Bible Church. They meet every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Now, if you don't live in Campbell and you are not a regular attender anywhere, I would like to encourage you today to find a good place that can minister to your heart and teach you the truth of Scripture. Now, I'll pray for you today that you find the place that God wants you at the most. 
Well, thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with GT Stikes. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. We would love for more people to hear the truth of God's word. You can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Now, please be sure to check today's show notes for links to any additional resources, encouragements, and how you can help with this ministry. 